any of those ways of communicating, you're just going to lose people because that's how you break trust because you're not showing you care. You're scared of your team and you're hiding behind emails and texts and DMs. You need to sit down with people and have a one-on-one. Most of the time you'll find out when you actually talk about things, you're going to find a lot of common ground and you're going to be able to work through it and it's going to be fine. But the problem is too many times we don't. We just hide behind our little electronic devices and, and shoot missiles at each other, hoping that they'll just go, hey, that's just not a good way to communicate. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. Well, when you first said it, I was going to hang up. Yeah. <laughs> and... It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Elibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I, I can't this. do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they canning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is LashCast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good evening, Tuss. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you? You know, I'm good. Had a slow day today. I had two clients. I know. It's been kind of nice. It's it been a little bit more normal pace nice. for you. And I said like it. Back in the old days when you were seeing like 10 people a day working nine to nine. I know. It's really nice to have a little bit of margin. Yeah. Yeah. And just those of you who are in the thick of it and you don't see that day coming, it's coming. It's coming. If you just keep working, keep building that name. This is 17 years of business that Tessa's built. So if you're into like three months, like, why am I there? Don't worry. You'll get there. (laughs) It's just a matter of time. But anyhow, today we're going to be talking about toxic work environments. And I think we're going to look at two different ways. One, just as an employee, what do you do? What happens if you're working in a place that you feel is toxic? And then I also want to talk about maybe, maybe you're the one that's toxic. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you know that sometimes when you don't like something, or you've changed a little bit, you've grown, or you've made some new plans in your life. I see this trend in our industry to demonize the people that you used to work for or the people you're working with and say they've changed when really it's you and you've decided to move on, which is okay, by the way. But you don't have to demonize and then say throw shade on the people that once you loved and cared for. But I think that happens for legitimate reasons. Trust has been broken in some cases. And I think that... Time tells. They always say time will tell. Time tells that perhaps the leadership isn't exactly all you thought it was or promised. And there's some disappointment that happens there. No, and that happened with us in the early years. I think we overpromised and underdelivered, or we made changes in the company because we we're trying to fix things. But that change was too upsetting for people mm-hmm, when we made those it. changes. And so we'll get into all that. But before, as always, we have announcements. Getting mm-hmm. music. No, I don't think we have music we yet. We should have music. No, we're working on it. Diego's working on it. He's listening right now going, okay, that's right. I got to get that music made. Because we're going to have announcement music eventually. So anyhow, real quick, guys. Right now, as recording, we just announced or put out 
a handful of tickets. It's actually more than a handful. I made it sound like we only had a few, but that was probably misleading. I shouldn't have done that. I should have said, hey, guys, we have quite a few tickets we're selling. Well, what is quite a few? Well, we as of today, and when this plays, it'll be almost like five, six days later, so I don't know if anything will be left. We have like five or six VIP tickets, and we have like 20-some standard tickets. I would still call that a handful. Yeah, that's a handful. Well, we had about 20 more before that, and but those all sold. All right, well, now we yeah, have we're Yeah, now we're down to a handful. But this is like five days before this actually airs, so by then, I don't know. I'm guessing we may still have standard tickets still. I, I'm going to bet the VIPs are gone. But either way, go right now. If you're listening, you're going, oh, I'm taking tickets to LashCon. Hey, you know what? This is your chance. Go to our page. You might find out that we still have a handful left, or by this time, maybe just a few. And buy that ticket, so we'll see you in November. And airfare, guys, has dropped drastically. You can buy go right now. Airfare is like $350, $400 round trip anywhere in the country. Yes. In the fall. That is in the fall, November. So that's really nice. Yeah. And there's still, as of recording, there's still a few rooms <laughs> at our sister hotels that we're working with that have a $189 rate. You know, if trying to stay at the Hilton, it's like $500 plus, so forget that. Go stay at one of the hotels and just walk over, Uber over every morning. And it'll be just as much fun. So look for that. So we still got that going on. The last year awards are done. So everything's been entered. And we will be announcing the winners on like the 7th of September. So that's coming up in a week. Can't wait to do that. And we also have Tusney has two classes left for her retention class. We have one in Boston in November and one in December here in LA. So you definitely want to go and look for those. And all that stuff is in our show notes as well as your Instagram or go to lashcastproductions.com. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about toxic work environments because I think a toxic work environment can come from multiple places. I think a lot of it is inexperienced moaners. People who maybe meant well get into business and they hire some people and here's the ugly trend, right? They left a place before and that they didn't like. And they said, well, I'm going to go open my own place. And they do. And what did they do? They end up copying and mimicking the, same thing. the very salon that they walked away from and said, I will never work at this place. I hate this place. It's horrible. And then they go out and they open the salon. And who do they copy the place they hate? They don't mean to. That means they all know what else to copy. Because it's such a new industry. We don't have extensive like 30, 40, 50 years of salon experience. In fact, a lot of people have never had salon no, experience. they never worked anywhere. They just got out of school, got their license or got their certificate and opened up their own place. And then they got busy because they're good. They're really good lash artists. And then they hired someone and they do... You fly they, by the seat of your yeah, pants. You fake you, it till you make it. And you do things like you, you hire them as 1099s which means independent contractors, and almost 100% of you, if you're doing that, you're doing it illegally, no offense. But if you treat them like employees, like, hey, you have to be at work at 10, and hey, you have the dress code, or hey, payroll's done through me. Or you have to charge the sale through my POS through system. Your, yeah, POS system. Any of these things are making them an employee, and you can't do that. The only way you do 1099, if they're truly independent contractor, and most of them aren't, most of them are, or... Even booth rent, really what you do is booth rent. If you want to do booth rent, then that means they just pay you a monthly fee. That's what you should do. Independent contractor means that if they're doing the same services you're doing, that's not independent contractor. Often the way they decipher this is to say, when a plumber comes to your place and fixes the plumbing, are they an independent contractor? Yeah, why? Because your place doesn't do plumbing. You do lashes. So they come in, work, you pay them a fee, and they walk away. That's an independent contractor. And... That works out fine. By the way, if you pay more than $600, you have to do a 1099 for that independent contractor just to really confuse everyone. And we're on toxic work environments and all of a sudden I'm on this new tangent. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyhow, back to 
work environment. So we're just saying, I know a lot of people get into this mean well, but they don't know what's going on. And that's where the toxicity begins. There's also toxicity in, you know, leadership. Maybe it's a, a coworker. Maybe mm-hmm. it's very difficult to work with this one coworker. It could be many things. It could be somebody in leadership that has a direct impact on your mood. Well, toxicity comes also from you keeping people around who shouldn't be in the business. Like as a team, your job as the owner is to protect the company. Your job is to take care of the team. And when you allow people in the company who are slackers, don't care, or are toxic themselves and hurt other people around them, all of a sudden you're really helping create a toxic environment as the owner because you're not protecting the company. And it's your job to go in there and say, you know what, cut it out. If you can't behave by the standards that we set forth in this company, it's not going to work out. I'm going to wish you well. Have a great day. Go on and get another job. And if you're not doing that, that type of stuff can really stir up the pot and get everyone upset, anxious too. Right. Because you see leadership isn't, they're not protecting you. And and then you think, well, what does it matter if I bring my A game? Yeah. Why should I bring my A and, game? And we had this problem. I know that I had people pull me aside back in the early days say, hey, I noticed a new employee doesn't seem to really care, isn't really motivated. And it's really, it's hard on them. It felt like the new, the more seasoned staff would be discouraged. That because they'd have to pick up the slack. The work wouldn't be that good and they'd yeah. have to do touch-ups for them, that kind of stuff. And even though they were paid for it, it was part of the system, it was discouraging for them to see that kind of work. And they would say, you know, I don't think this person's cutting it. And at the time, we were like, we're going to give them a chance. We yeah. saw them as as like our offspring. And it's like, would we give up on our kids so easily? No, no we're going to we're gonna just do whatever we can. We're going to carry them as far as they can, even to a fault. We tried. We meant well, but we didn't realize that it the was cost. causing the team to be frustrated and irritated and all that. Another big thing that causes toxicity is, I think, is changing the work environment where you like, you change it all the time. You may be trying to improve things, but by changing business too much too quickly... That can create stress and angst on the team. Well, sometimes you're changing it for good reason and the people there aren't able or willing to come along with you. And so they would say, oh, this is a toxic work environment now because it's changing so much. It's they're doing things that I don't agree with. And at that point, it's best to part ways. And it's not really necessarily that you're toxic. It's just I think the best thing to say is you've changed how you run, run your business. And it's okay to tell everyone on the team guys, I have changed the rules. You signed up with these expectations and now I am doing these. And there's nothing wrong saying if you want to part ways, that's okay. And I will not be mad at you. And this is where the owner, you can't take it personally. If you do change your business, let's say you go from commission to booth rent or commission to team base. Any of these changes are huge, drastic changes that can really cause stress and angst. And it's not so much to the the employee may feel toxic, but you have to just, I think, go in, eyes wide open, say, hey, we're making some changes, guys, and I'm going to give you – it's okay if you don't like these changes. And by the way, just before I throw shade on changing the team base, I think team base, you need to go through strategies and have a coach walk you through it. And if you do, you can do it right, and it can go smoothly because really, I'm not going to go into all the changes that happen, but it's actually really good. You just have to explain the changes and go into detail how it's going to benefit the employee, not just say it's good for the boss. By the way, most people, I just saw a statistic, a quick article, only 24% of Americans think that the manager has their best interest in them. That means 75% of employees in America right now think their manager or their boss does not have their best interest in mind. They have their least 
they're like, find ways to screw them. And that's why change can feel like that. Oh, you're changing this just because this is going to benefit the business, not necessarily going to benefit the employee. And team-based and strategies really fight hard to explain. No, no, no. This is actually best for everyone, and they'll explain it all. So just a side note there for team-based. So anyone listening who's team-based is like, what, you're saying that's a bad thing? No, it's fine. It's actually a great thing. We're big fans of it, so... Well, I'm laughing because I'm just thinking of a situation. I don't know if it's okay if I share this little story. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe we'll edit it out later. It was one of my clients, and she is a nurse. Mm-hmm. And this was a couple years ago, several years ago before the pandemic. And and she's a practical jokester, and she loved to do things. She worked in labor and delivery, and one of the things that she would do is, like, wrap up towels, make it look like a baby, and then walk down the hall real close to another nurse and, like, fall and like the baby would fall and you know she'd make her co-worker like scramble oh to catch gosh. the baby yeah. you know or she'd like hide in containers and then like pop out you know so she was always you know everyone loved her well one day apparently the hospital that she was working for was was really making a lot of new rules and things that she didn't quite see as pertinent but you know you go along and you do it and she what she did was she thought it would be really really funny to have a new policy that the hospital came out with that said in an effort to bond mothers and fathers studies have shown that the smell of the johnson's baby shampoo being placed in the perineum area is very helpful for bonding and so before the baby gets let in everybody has to do a a wash of the perennial area with a heat lamp. And she thought it was the funniest thing. So she typed this up, right? She put it in like the inbox where the head nurse was going to have to do it. And everyone's like groaning, like, what? We have to do a heat lamp with the baby shampoo, with the smell of the bonding. And and so some of the old nurses started to do it. And <laughs> she just busted up. And she's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And everyone just like died laughing. But it's kind of the same thing, what you're talking about. When you yeah. think that, oh, is this how is this going to affect us? You know, how are we supposed to get the father involved with the washing of the perineal area with the Johnson's baby, yeah. baby shampoo for the hospital. I mean, they were, she was implying that it was best for the baby and the parents. So I guess that's why they went along. But Let's change. That's the common denominator. It's just change. And if you fail to communicate the importance on the real reasons why you need to make these changes, the team's not going to follow. They're going to walk away. They're going to make up their own story. They're going to have their own narrative. We always had that. If we don't explain and take the time to show that we care about our team, they're going to make up their own narrative. They're going to come up with some crazy ass story that makes you the bad guy. It makes you look like you're not trying to do what's best. Always happens. Yeah. This always. We were just talking about this today when we were closing our salon. We had kind of offered for one of the staff to buy it and we gave her all the financials. And after that, she didn't talk with us anymore. And I, we just think that when we did that, a narrative was created that we had no control over. And we don't know what she was, how she interpreted things. But I wish we had a chance to walk alongside that person to explain things so that they didn't come to weird conclusions that I don't think were connected. We're, we're not, I guess, having any facts behind it. It was just. Yeah, it closed the dialogue, unfortunately. Yeah. But so the point is, is that people assume when they are unclear about something and oftentimes they assume the wrong thing. They assume that you're out to get them or yeah. you're trying to do something wrong. And-, and, and that's where communication is the key. And that's why as employers, it's not just something you do when you have time. It is an urgent matter that you make time every day. For us, it was I would do daily check-ins. I would just walk around, talk to, hey, how's it going? How can I help you? Anything going on? Just not everyone because we had 13, 14 staff. I couldn't do that with everyone. But I tried at least touch base with two or three people every day. So every week I would at least have one little check-in. Then you also need to do one-on-ones. It's another big thing we always did. 
once a month. And that's where we pay the price. Cause I remember I would cancel one-on-one because my schedule got too busy. And then I would later find out that that person was crushed and upset. Like I really needed that one-on-one and you delayed it or you put it off or worse, you cancel and didn't reschedule it. That's breaking trust. And that's a big thing that we're all trading in business. When we're doing business with our customers and with our team, we're basically trading trust. And the moment that trust is gone, that's really when the toxicity begins, right? Because, oh, okay, they don't care. Paul doesn't care. He's not going to meet with me. Screw him. And then they begin to check out. And then they go down and they tell others, yeah, Paul doesn't really care. He had a meeting with me. He didn't really care. He has better things to do. I guess I'm not that important to him. It might be a small thing and, they, and it will just like plant a seed. And then over time, you'll do something else that reinforces that fear or that concern. And before you know it, cut to a year later, that employee is like totally checked out and doesn't care. So those are the little things you have to remember. You can't do that. It's like any relationship. You have to be in connection to be able to make sure that you guys are on the same page. Yeah. And so for those of you who feel like you're in that toxic environment, we do want to say, look, if you're in a toxic place where your boss is oppressive, like controlling, doesn't give you breaks, is always demanding stuff from you without showing any care or concern or appreciation, the best thing to do is to get out. Yeah, after you've tried your best and you don't see any recognition or any opportunity for you to continue to grow or, or spread your wings, then it's time to go. And I would do it. I would still do the best that you can because you're working for an audience of one, right? In the, in the end, when you lay your head on the pillow, it's like you, at the end of the day, have to be able to be happy enough to live with yourself, right? Yeah. And so sometimes we can justify doing a bad job because somebody else deserved it. But is that your best advice? Would you tell that to your child, right? You want to be happy with yourself when you put your pillow, your head on the pillow. So do everything that you can to maintain that integrity because really at the end of the day, that's all we have. So do the best job that you can, even if you're not going to be recognized for that and make plans to leave because you shouldn't be throwing your pearls before swine. My dad would tell me when I was a kid, a few things my dad taught me, not much, but he did teach me like, look, build like your job, stop complaining and just quit. Go find another job. There's always a job. I mean, even today more than ever, but if you don't like the place you're at and you have an employer that you just don't agree with how they do things, then it's time for you to move on. Don't wreck it for other people, especially if there are other people there that enjoy the place. Don't drag others down. That's not really professional. Well, I mean, it's easy to do because you're thinking, I need to process this and I'm going to vent on somebody else just so that they can agree with me. And it's actually a burden. I mean, it's like Michael Scott in the office trying to use your employees to process how you feel about something. It's not a mark of leadership. No, it's not. And there's this term that Tess brought up to me. I just read about it before we got into this called quiet quitting. Oh, yeah. It's like all the rage. Now. We want to encourage you not to do quiet well, quitting. Well, what is quiet quitting? There's two ways to look at it. Quiet quitting on, on, the, on the positive side is someone says, I'm still working my butt off, but only during the time I'm at work. I'm not giving you overtime. I'm not working weekends. I'm not working nights. I am just going to give my very best for those 40 hours, but I am not going to give you anything outside of that. I thought quiet quitting was actually doing the very bare minimum work. I know, but this I just quickly read about it. That's someone spinning it in a positive way. <laughs> That's someone saying, no, no, no. This is just people having good boundaries. That work-life balance. Yeah, that, that work, mental yeah. wellness. I'm no longer going to stress about work at night when I go home. I'm going to relax, be with my kids, my family, and enjoy my loved ones. Which, by the way, that doesn't sound so bad. But then I really was reading some other stuff, and I could see that also quiet quitting is the type of thing where you just employee engagement goes down. Like, I'm not really going to care. 
You know, if you ask me to go the extra mile, like I'm not going to do it. No, I'm going. Haven't we all been there though? We have all been there. It was tough. I had a job where I was going to get a commission. I think it was like fifty thousand dollar commission. I was going to get a check for fifty thousand, and the company I was working for came back to me. Now, if I knew but labor board, I could have sued and won this easily. But I didn't know better at the time. I was young, and the. Basically, they came back to me and said, oh, your commission, we can't pay you this much because I, I was a good salesperson, actually. And I was like, well, okay, because it would discourage all the other salespeople because <laughs> no one had ever made a deal. Like, my deal was worth, like, I forget how much money, but it was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it was a half million, something like that. So it was a big deal for the, it was for this restaurant bar. Don't say it. I won't say what it is. <laughs> but anyhow, I worked there. I closed this big deal. It was with a trade show thing, and it was awesome. And they said, well, we can't pay you 10% commission because you'll discourage everyone else, so we're going to cut you down to $10,000, which was still a lot of money. Back in those days, for me, $10,000 was it wasn't was like, what you were legally entitled to. But it wasn't to. what I was legally entitled to, and I checked out. After that, I quite quit. I, after that, I just came in. I, I used to work there 16-hour days sometimes. I would be doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And I just couldn't get motivated anymore. It just took all the wind out of my sails because, again, they changed the rules. They broke trust, and thus I got out of it. Well, why should you work your tail off for something that they just moved the yeah, marker? Yeah, and what I should have done is look for job. That day, should have started looking for the new job, and I didn't. And that was where I, I did it wrong. I Looking back, should have said, you know what? Okay, they kind of screwed me, but I'm going to start looking for a new job, and I'm, gonna, I'm sure I can find one. I'm doing a good job here. And da 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 da. So see, I would say that the moral is: don't let somebody else steal your joy. Don't let somebody yeah. else steal don't your, give them that your power. integrity. Because you know, you might think, well, why should I do this? Because they're not going to even recognize it. But it's not about them recognizing it. It's about you being happy with who you are, and it's to your character. If you don't do a good job, it's yeah, you know. So quiet quitting in the bad way is just you know being unmotivated and not show, showing up maybe a little late. Just doing the bare minimum with clients, not really being friendly or engaging at meetings if you have team meetings. Definitely not staying late ever for anything and not ever accommodating and helping out when needed around the salon. So that's kind of the quiet quitting that I think a lot of people talk about online. And it's just kind of a fight back, right? This is all born out of the COVID stuff where we had shutdowns, we had the great resignation. Everyone's kind of beginning to realize you know, they're finding their dream. Like I can pursue what I want. I don't have to live for you anymore. So they start thinking about that. And I think that's what this is. But really, I think in the end, if you had employees doing that for you, how would that make you feel? Would you be like, wow, I understand their situation. That's great. I'm glad to see that they're quiet quitting. I just think the better thing to do is to to walk away when you, you're done, when you can't do it. I actually think, want to say one other thing about employers, what you should do with employees. You should have a contract that just lays out everything. It doesn't have to be finding like, I'm going to sue you if you don't break it. It's just going to lay out, here's how we do business. Here's how we communicate. Here's what I'm going to pay you. And if basically, if you can't, and here's our values, like this is what we think is most important. Have them sign and agree. I agree to these values. I agree to the way you do your systems. This sounds great. I'm on board for it as an employee can sign it. Now, at any point, if either one of those parties changes that, let's say the employer decides to cut your pay, or changes the hours, or changes the demands, or puts more demand on you, or the employee starts coming in late, starts not quite pulling up their end of the bargain, then you can always go back to that contract and say, look, as an employer, you can come, hey, babe, <laughs> don't say babe, hey, dude. Um, don't say dude. Okay, hey, person, <laughs> unidentified person, I noticed lately you've been coming in late, and I also noticed you've been finishing clients early. 
it seems that you're just kind of cut corners and we don't cut corners here because one of our values is integrity, which means we always do our best even when no one's looking. So I need to find out what is going on. Are you not interested in working here? Because if you continue this, you're just telling me you don't want to work here, which is fine. We can transition you right now. If you want to tell me, yeah, I'm not really happy. I need to do something else. Great. Then let me help you transition to another job. Why don't we give you a couple of weeks or a few weeks while you look for that new job? And then we'll wrap up here in that time being. You know, you can be fair and kind. It doesn't have to be personal to be attacked. Because you look at the contract, and the contract says, I promise I'll do these things. And the employer says, I promise I'll do all these things. And whenever you, either of you change, that's when you can break so that what, contract. So what would it look like if the employee comes to the employer and says, look, now you want me to do a fill in 45 minutes instead of an hour. Yeah. And now you want me to not take a break. And yeah. now you want me to maybe take the money under the table or whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever we're doing now. Yeah, I mean, that's where the employer needs to explain themselves. Says, well, you can know. you, can you tell me, so, so would it be that, like, that Hey, is- I, you know, these changes weren't something that I originally agreed to. Well, this is where I think this is toxic now because the employer changed the rules. It's, it goes both ways. So if the employer changed the rules, the employees, I think all the right, the first call them out and hopefully you can have a meeting and say, Hey, let's sit down. And I know we live in a very non-confrontational industry, we got to get stronger than this. If we want to be professionals, we need to have those type of talks. We need to be able to sit down and go, you said this. And I'm trying to understand why. Now it seems like the rules are like this. What changed? If the employer's like, well, we're about to go out of business, so I'm just trying to find ways to make some profit. Can we work together on this and try to find ways to make changes so that we can cut our bottom line and so we can make more money? Great. If it means like, hey, guys, if instead of doing hour and a half appointments, we do hour and 15, can we make that work? And everyone on the team's like, yeah, I think so. You can save some money. I'm not saying that's the best thing to do. There might be other ways of going about it, but I'm just saying if you talk and communicate, you can work through it. Now, if the employer doesn't, is too scared of the employees and just makes these changes or worse, sends an email. Hey guys, here's new rules. No, puts it in a memo and puts yeah. it in the back. Or puts it in a memo on the board. Any of those ways of communicating, you're just going to lose people because that's how you break trust because you're not showing you care. You're scared of your team and you're hiding behind emails and texts and DMs. You need to sit down with people and have a one-on-one. Most of the time you'll find out when you actually talk about things, you're going to find a lot of common ground and you're going to be able to work through it and it's going to be fine. But the problem is too many times we don't. We just hide behind our little electronic devices and, and shoot missiles at each other, hoping that they'll just go away. And that's just not a good way to communicate. So I just think this is a way I think would really help people to avoid that toxic environment is have a contract where you agree to these terms. I would put the pay in there. I would put the schedule I put in there. I would put the values that you agree to and just the general and communication. Like how often do you communicate? How do you communicate and training? Like, do you train anything that you can offer your team? I would put in that contract so they understand this is what is expected of me. And then over time, you know, you can evolve that, by the way. You know, when you start, it might be really simple when you first start hiring. And then as you get going, you learn through mistakes and all that. Oh, I need to add something more. Oh, I should add that more. Just so this contract, this document becomes more and more easy and more clear. So that, again, to be clear is to be kind. You're using this as a way to help make sure that you're on that level playing field. And then as an employee... When that change happens, and if it does, you can always call foul and say, okay, you didn't promise this. I just think that would be such an easier way to make businesses work better. One last thing to talk about, and then we should wrap up, I think. But I want to talk about 
If you're an employer and you want to keep your employees engaged, you want to keep them from thinking this place is toxic, mm. right? There's some things you can do. There's a lot of stuff you can do, but I'm just going to give you a few things. First and foremost is having set up clear communication, which we kind of already covered that. That'd and be the one. clear communication would be the one-on-ones. One-on-ones, a quarterly review, not yearly review. Almost no one gets reviews ever in our industry. Quarterly means four times a year you're sitting down with them every three months and going, let's check in and see how you're doing. And let's make sure that you're growing the company and that we have a roadmap for success in, your, in, in our company for you. Because And this is going to force you as an owner to really think, how can I encourage this team member? How can I give them things that they can grow in? How can they, they move to the next level of my company? Maybe they can manage. Maybe they can oversee training. Maybe they can help me take over Instagram. Or maybe they can help me with some email marketing. Whatever it is that you can do, you need to give pathways so they can take more ownership and grow in your company. Otherwise, you're giving them nothing. And then also a team meetings. I think you have to have at least a monthly team meeting where you treat your team, like buy them lunch, have some fun, reward good behavior, cast a vision where your company is going and equip and empower that team through training during those team meetings. Our team meetings started at one hour, ended up being three hours by the end. And it was a three hours that and they was were full. Fun. They were fun. So I would get wrapping paper and we would um, get uh, tablecloths and we put a runner of the wrapping paper and yeah. little things like that. And like, we, oh, you know, I'd go to the dollar store and get we had prizes, gift baskets and, and we'd we do gave, an activity. And we give out cash to people who are doing great. We give out prizes we acknowledge we did standing ovations for the employee of the month because we it said everyone should at least once in their life have a standing ovation. And so we did little things like that. We also did our pledge. We had a pledge. Like, this is our pledge. This is what we believe in. And we always did it in a funny voice. We changed and mixed it up because we wanted them to have fun because it could be boring to say the pledge normally. So we would say, you know, say it as if you were drunk. Say this pledge as if you were a monster. Whatever. We just mixed it up. We did different things to try to make it fun and engaging. And we let the team lead the meeting. It wasn't just Tess and I on stage, we had other people come up and say, can you teach about this on sales? Or can you come up and talk about product? Or can you talk about this on a new change we're making, how we're going to take care of our customers? Like, we would assign things to team members so that they would own it. It was great. It was great. I think some of the most fun meetings I've ever been part of. But also, so appreciation. You need to show appreciation. If you don't show appreciation on a regular basis to your team, you will find people eventually just check out. I, I think that's one that most golden things you can do in your business is, and it's not once a year, like, Hey, at Christmas, I appreciate you. It's a regular daily, almost at least weekly thing you need to do. And something I didn't get to doing, but I wanted to do. And I think it's a great idea is have a appreciation chart. Take all your staff 52 weeks in there and just check off every week that you do something nice where you show appreciation to your team. So let's say you have three team members, put those three team members on a spreadsheet, put one through 52 on the spreadsheet on the top. So it's three people. And then basically just track that week. Say, oh, yeah, I, I need to say something nice about her, that she did really well, how she took care of her client. And you check it off and encourage her that week. This is helping you get in the habit. You, eventually, you don't have to keep track of this if you start doing it all the time. But if you're not one that naturally does this, this is how you see it. Now, if you go like three weeks without saying anything nice, you can start going, crap, I'm really not a good boss. I'm not really appreciating my team. And hopefully this become a weekly normal thing. And don't be cheesy like, hey, you know what? I'm supposed to say something nice to you right now. So, hey, good job. <laughs> be authentic. Be real. Look for things to praise. Look for behaviors. I guarantee you, employees who want to be there, they are doing things to try to get praise. Everyone loves praise. That's why we ask for reviews on our podcasts. We need praise for our work. That's how you help us feel appreciated. So that's the type of thing you need to do. Also do things where you, you know, make sure you protect their boundaries. Make sure you give them pay time off. Give them breaks. Give them lunch breaks. Do not 
Talk to your employees during breaks and lunch, by the way. Give, yeah, let that be their time. When they're off the clock, they're off the clock. They shouldn't be like, hey, by the way, when we get back to work, um, can you make sure you take care of Mrs. Jones? No, no, no. That doesn't happen then. You wait to the break when they're just finishing break and they're clocking back in or just whatever. If you don't clock in, most people don't have that. But they're coming back on and say, hey, Mrs. Jones in the lobby, I just want to remind you real quick, uh, make sure you do this when you see her, right? That's when you do it, when they're actually working, not when <laughs> they're on break. Like It's like that, I think of... Um, uh, Office space where the boss stops by with a cup of coffee and he's so annoying because he's, mm, well, he's like, I'm gonna mm, need you to do this. Yeah, I need you to do this. And he's just like, Can you just get out of my life right now? You're bothering me. And that's what I found out because I did that sometimes. Yeah, I, in the early did. days, I'd be like, Hey guys, you did. during lunch break, they're like, Paul, this is my lunch. Oh, I, that's okay. You want to talk? And they're like, Yeah, okay. Because guess what? I'm the boss. So they're going to go with me because I'm the boss. But the better thing for me to just realize that's a boundary. Now, if it's one thing if I'm walking by, hey, Paul, can you come over here and talk to me for a second? Yes, I'm more than willing to do that. Let them invite you in the conversation. You don't invite yourself. Another thing, too, is to really give a vision for the team. You have to really, and this is why doing team meetings and one-on-ones where you talk to them and, and so forth. Because if they don't think they're building anything, they're going to Why should leave. they stay? Yeah, why should I stay? You're not going anywhere. This business is going nowhere. You need to have a vision. And that vision doesn't mean... I, I'm I'm going to own a, a you know Borboletta one day. The vision could just be like, hey, I want to help my our community. I want to empower women. I want to make women feel better, and I want to grow this company with people who have a similar passion for that. And you show them how you get there, and you and you just keep that vision alive, right? So there's that. And also, you need to encourage and empower your team, not just appreciate them, but actually go in and empower, Give educate them. Jobs them. to do have for the be in charge. Give them an assignment. Yeah. Give people different duties. Don't You don't have to do everything. Um, what was it? Strategy says with every brain comes two hands. Mm-hmm. Or with every two, every two hands comes no, a brain. No, with every employee comes an extra brain. Yeah, it comes an extra brain. Whatever the say was. <laughs> no one's sorry, just listening, so it doesn't matter. But that said, yeah, you get an extra brain. Use it. You know, you got all these people in your team. They're all smart people. You hired them. Hopefully you felt like they were smart when you hired. So take advantage of that and use that. It's going to make them feel good. And then really take the time to educate your team. Don't just tell them you're on your own, figure it out on your own. If you're a master last artist, take time to download your DNA, your techniques, your style, and all that. And I think these are just a few things. You do this type of stuff, and your team's going to walk away feeling really inspired. They're going to feel empowered. They're going to feel encouraged. They're going to feel appreciated. And that's how you avoid that toxic environment. Oh, and one last thing. Just don't make drastic changes without at least walking them through that change. Give them at least the reasons why. Walk them through it. Try to put your mind, you know, I forget who it was, but they kept saying, I always would put myself in their feet. Yeah, from PLA. She was always, everything she does, she says, let's put ourselves in the mindset of my employee or in the mindset of, of the customer. And when you think that way, you, you will have empathy behave. for them. Yeah, you have that empathy. And empathy is a powerful tool, the tool that will help you really grow your business. So, that's our little tips, at least for employers who are listening. If you're wondering, like, well, I don't want to have a toxic environment, I think you could just follow some of those and really dig deep on those. You're going to do great. And by the way, just do a real evaluation. Sit down and say, how am I? How am I doing with appreciation? Am I good? And be really dead honest. Am I educating my team? Am I communicating? Do I have scheduled, regular scheduled communication times with my team? Am I showing respect? Am I overstepping boundaries? Am I not really watching out for my team. I'm making sure they have breaks and lunches. Am I really encouraging and empowering my team? Or am I almost like secondhand guessing them and making them feel incompetent and making sure that they don't feel good about themselves? Like those type of things, 
if you can't be honest about it, you're going to struggle and you're going to have a hard time. And maybe this is where you sit down with your team and have a heart to heart. And you just go through a list of things. Say, hey, guys, I want to have you rate me on how I'm doing these things. Instead of, me, you, instead of me rating you with your job, I want you to help me rate me so that I can go back and rethink through things and be a better owner. So you don't create a toxic environment. So you do have a good place to work. So <sighs> That was good. You think that was good that enough was good. there? Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, guys, that's it. We are done. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast. Oh, actually, at Lashcast and at the last conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review on behalf of my last. I don't have it. I didn't get one this time. Yeah, I didn't get my la... I didn't get my little name in there. Oh, I know. How about this? How my last cotton candy tusney. Okay. I'll All right. That. On behalf of my last cotton candy tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs> oh, my do you, voice do you know is what they gone. call cotton candy in um, what? French? What? Barbara Papa. Uh, <laughs> Barbara Papa. The Papa's beard. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>